Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies, another edition of Minutes with Mute. Join alongside uh, Scott Mutra and I'm Mike Galtieri. Scott works for Learfield, former BC QB, sideline reporter for the BC Radio Network. Before we get to him, though, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com for more details, tailgates, uh, pregame for home and away, newsletters. It's the club to be if you're a BC football fan. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. Okay, with that, we bring in Scott Mutrin. Scott, so happy to have you on board. Boston College hosted number three, Florida State. Really good game. Uh, BC up 7-0. Went down, I believe, 31-10 at one point. Then marched all the way back 31-29. A couple of chances in the fourth quarter to take the lead. Just couldn't get it done. The Eagles fall 31-29 and uh, fall 1-2 on the season, Scott. Just your big picture thoughts on the game. BC execute on a on a higher level offensively and to an extent defensively. Uh, you know there was someone unfortunate plays that went against them, and they were able to really, you know, after being down twenty one points, uh, able to kind of find some resolve and, and have a couple drives that made it a tight game and get a couple stops where they had a chance to get the ball in their hands uh, to win the game at the end. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. But I think you learned a lot about this team and. They raised the bar as to expectations of what to see for the rest of the year. You know, I think there are a lot of questions after the first two games as to what type of team you were expecting. And uh, and I was happy to see um, some bright spots. And there was obviously, you know, the negative spots of the, the myriad of penalties that really shot them in the foot multiple times. Okay, let's go to one bright spot right off the bat. Thomas Castellanos, as you know him, as QB yourself, 20 of 35, 305 yards, 16 rushing attempts, 95 yards rushing. Uh, your thoughts on his performance. Do you think he's solidified now the, the starting position too, Scott? Yeah, I would say with authority, to, to say the least. He's he's a problem for defenses. And he was a problem for Florida State. Um, they didn't really have any answers as to how to contain him. Uh, towards the end, they... They decided to bring some pressure, which which caused them some problems there. If you see in the last drive, but other than that, if they tried to if they tried to blitz, he was able to beat that first defender with his feet and convert uh, on the ground. And then if they didn't bring pressure, he was able to deliver the football down the field for some big plays to the wide receivers, and and that was an impressive thing to see from him. Uh, there's still some work that needs to be done. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot of football. I think I think people thought that because he transferred from um, UCF that he had a lot of game experience under his belt, but that's just not the case. He was uh, he didn't play last year at Central Florida, and the last time he played really was, was college, uh, excuse me, high school. Uh, so there's still some growing pains with him, but man, he's got some, he's got some dynamic uh, ability to himself, and he's really able to, to really put defenses on their heels. 
And you got me thinking, do you know anything about his story, about why he didn't play at UCF, uh, and the, how BC was able to attain him as a transfer? Well, you know, there's an ability to give him a chance to play or at least compete for a starting job. That's what any quarterback wants, especially in today's day and age where you can come and go. Um, you know, BC has connections, obviously, down to UCF because, you know, getting Ryan O'Keefe over and uh, – Wide receivers coach has some experience there, so he was able to, to have some experience there uh, recruiting the area and the players. So that helped. Uh, but, you know, he was behind a pretty good quarterback at UCF, so it's tough to, you know, to beat the, in, the incumbent, as you know, in those situations. As a so freshman, too, yeah. He just wanted a chance to play, right? He just wanted a chance to play. He was a freshman last year, so, you know, he's got he's got the opportunity to do that at Boston College, and, he, you know, he's, he's really – grabbed that job and, and, and taken it to his credit. He's really, you know, done some work. He's, he's making progress in, in other parts for finding his game. There's going to be some – there's still going to be some growing pains with him, but, I mean, it, it's tough to really throw a, a, a black mark next to his name because he just does so many things that really um, are really unlike anything we've seen at that position at, at BC in a long time. Okay, so let's go across the board now. Uh, that's BC's offense. How did you handle the defense versus Florida State? I thought they did a really good job of limiting the big plays, uh, Scott. Yeah, you know, they did a really good job defensively uh, keeping Florida State's dynamic wide receivers really off the board and really kind of locked that down. Florida State was, was determined to run the football, and they had some success, but, you know, the impressive stat that you look at coming out of this was third down. BC held Florida State to one for nine on third down conversions, and uh, unfortunately, the big they didn't get that last one for a quote unquote face mask penalty, but that would have gotten them the ball back. But uh, other than that, there were some good stops when BC had to bow their neck on defense and, and get Florida State off the field, especially when they're trying to come back from a 21 point deficit. I thought. Beginning of the third quarter was tough as Florida State takes that opening kickoff in the second half and goes and scores. And then the next play, you got a turnover. And then just like that, three minutes into the third quarter, Florida State's up 21 points, like blinks an eye. And you didn't know what to expect from BC defensively there. And they, they showed some resolve. And then they get a great, uh, you know, Elijah Jones makes a great play, uh, stripping the football for a, a strip. Um, a strip sack touchdown. So that was that was a big momentum changer for them. They were able to create some turnovers, and they can create some of those negative plays and get off the field on third down. I think it's gonna that's gonna set a great tone for the rest of the year for them. Now, you know, like I said before, with the bar is raised. Is that this is this is the the effort and the execution that you expect to see for this team the rest of the year? And just to your point too, total yards. BC had four hundred fifty-seven. Florida State three hundred forty. So you know that's that's pretty good. You would take that and before the game. Uh, also, without a doubt. yeah, versus the number three team in the country, you take that without a doubt. But you would definitely want to cut out some of those penalties because I think those are very frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating as a you know former player and watching the game and calling it. Obviously. It's it's frustrating. I, I do honestly believe some of them can be fixed, um, and they will be fixed. And then some of them you can kind of get uh, a reputation uh, on some of them. It's uh, as I, I kind of referred to this in the broadcast. It's like if you're a pitcher and you're struggling to find the strike zone a little bit, and then you paint one on the black and you're expecting to get the call, and you just don't get it because your reputation is that you've been wild. Uh, so you don't get those kind of 
No question about it. BC, 18 penalties, 131 yards. Um, and then time of possession. Interesting stat. I was talking to Jeff Halfley post-game, the press conference. Uh, I think Florida State all-time is 3-13 and when the opponents hold the ball for 34 minutes. So BC's goal was to try to slow it down and hold possession. BC ended up holding it for 33-50. So it was right cl- pretty cl- just below the mark, but really good o- over there as well, Scott. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, and with an offense like Florida State and a quarterback like Jordan Travis, you know, the less they're on the field, the less rhythm they get into, the less comfort that they have in running their offense because you're trying to you're, you're not on the field as much, so you're trying to force the action and press a little bit. So the ability to create that uncomfortable feeling for them or that, that urgency that they need to make a play, need to make a play, can result in turnovers and can result in, in some negative plays for them. But um, – I, I do think that that's a, it was a good strategy. It's tough, though. It's, it's great to hold the ball for long periods of time, but you have to, when you have that ball for the first significant period of time, you have to end drives with touchdowns. And I think that one drive where BC gets, gets it down early in the game where it can turn it into a 14 nothing game and they have to settle for a field goal, or excuse me, a 14 to, to three game. Three game, they yeah. settled for a field goal was, was, uh, was a little bit frustrating because it was a 12 play drive. They'd really, you know, made some big conversions that you were hoping that they could get it into the end zone. So the key in possession is not just possessing it, but scoring touchdowns when you possess it. Yeah, that drive, I think they converted fourth and one. They got down to the four-yard line. So you're right, you got to punch that one in there as well. But, you know, before the game, you know, I, we, a lot of people, they were, I think BC was 24-point dogs. They lose by two. Uh, big picture-wise, what's your – I think you went on Twitter after the word after the game and said, you know, you're pretty high on this team. Yeah, when you look, so I, I made the big, I did the thing I said I wouldn't do is, is you know, get into some arguments over social media because I always find it's a, it's a lose-lose battle when you get into that. It's like arguing with my children. <laughs> um, but I felt strongly about it because I watched the game and I was able to, you know, you, you take out the penalty aspect of it and everyone can say, well, you can't because it's 18 penalties. I get it. I get it. Those are, you know, they're frustrating. They're annoying to an extent, but it's a factor of the game. And then I just looked at the way in which they played and I thought up front offensively versus a defensive line that had multiple NFL scouts in the press box watching them. I thought that offensive line did a great job. I thought they, they, they protected the quarterback. They ran the football. Um, they won more than they lost. And you can say, well, maybe they didn't run it as well as they wanted and with the running backs, and it was all Castellanos. But the fact that they were able 
to give him time and to, and to run the football where they wanted and convert a bunch of fourth downs says that talent-wise they're there up front. And defensively that they're able to stay in, you know, in the back end, some of those receivers, and make some plays in the running game and, and especially stop them on third down, like I mentioned before. You see things that if you can clean up some of the stuff, which is very, very fixable, it's not a talent. It's not a talent gap. It's just an execution gap. And you can fix execution gap. And I really do think that this staff uh, and Coach Hafley can fix that. But you look at the talent-wise, and they're right there. So to me, that's extremely encouraging as I look over the rest of the schedule and who they face. And if they play with the level of intensity and execution, you know, talent-wise, I do think that they're in a good spot. I really do. I, I, I'm encouraged by it. I, and, and when you have a dynamic quarterback in college football, man, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can win games that you're not supposed to win, and you can put yourself in a position to, to be in the mix versus some teams that normally you may not be able to hang with. And, and I think with, with Castellanos back there, that's something that you can't understate. You really can't. You got to that matters a lot, and if they can protect him up and run the football and continue to, to put up 400 yards plus of offense a game, that's going to be problems for teams down the line. I, I really believe it. If they can stay together and as a team and really bond and look at this tape and say, hey, guys, this is how good we can be. we got to clean this stuff up, and we can because it's right it's within our ears that we need to fix, and if they can fix that up, the offensive line, I thought, played a lot better. And also special teams, I thought, was pretty good. One missed extra point, but I thought on the special teams, BC, uh, pretty good there, pretty solid. Yeah, not not bad on special teams. A couple good, you know, good punts and stuff. It's unfortunate that another kick out of bounds. But, yes, that's true. Um, but other than that, you know, they did well. They had some good punts that, that pinned Florida State deep, and, and they were able to, you know, to control it and get the ball back, which is which is good to see. It's what you always want to see from your special teams, especially from your punt team. Your punt team, you want to pin them deep and make it a long field because, as my partner on the broadcast, Pete Cronin, always says, the longer they have to go, the more likely it is that uh, mistakes happen and they don't they're not able to execute. So the, the longer the field, the, the more likely you are you are to get the ball back. And before I move on, your take on Boston College, the rushing attack, you know, it doesn't, it didn't seem to really, really get going there outside of Castellanos. Yeah, well, there, there were moments. There were some good plays, and I, and I think it's not so much getting the yards, but it's the successful attempts. Um, I, I thought you, you see some, some solid runs between the tackles. Uh, that, that helped out a lot. Now, Castellano, Castellanos did a good job of using his feet, but you, you got to take that into account. If you get a lot of rushing attempts, that you know that keeps the defense on the field, it keeps guys tired. So it's not necessary that you need to get 180 yards rushing, but if you get the attempts up, and you you're, that allows you to use some play action, that allows you to keep the defense on their heels a lot and opens up the passing game. So you're saying, okay, well, you didn't rush it for as much as you wanted. Yeah, but you threw for over 300 yards. So you can't get caught up in necessarily the yards aspect. It's more of the, uh, the attempts. And when you had to run it, were you successful? And minus one uh, fourth down stop uh, deep in Florida State territory, BC was able to, to get yards when they needed to in the ground game. Uh, you're right. That was, that was very impressive. 
as well. And then uh, we, I, also, Scott, outside the field, a pretty good crowd. I thought a pretty good atmosphere in Chestnut Hill uh, for the game. Yeah, it was great. It was great to see the students there. They, you know, they've gotten some some heat for not showing up, but they, you know, they got in for game time. It's, it's funny whenever people want to take pictures of what the stadium looks like, but you know, they were filled up. They stayed. Um, they were there supporting the players. It's good to see. It's the, and the players kind of got to give it back to them, right? If they're gonna, you know, if the students are gonna show up, the players got to give them a product that they want to see. And I think the the players did a good job of that. And it's great to see the the students supporting them as well as uh, you know the alums. And also as well too, it seemed like afterwards Jeff Halfley was. Uh, I saw him after the game. I mean, not, not happy, but more content, but disappointed as well. And, uh, your thoughts are just the mindset of the team after this game. It's probably the same as mine. He sees what's there. Um, he sees what's there, and he, he feels good about the talent on that team, and he feels confident that he can fix uh, the mistakes that they've made. And when you see that, it's encouraging because as a coach and as a staff, they know that they can fix that, right? And they're going to fix it. So that's why he's encouraged. If that's you know that's a really really good team. Florida State's going to be in the mix here it's all the way to the end. So that's encouraging to Coach Halfley. He's frustrated they lost. There's no moral victories. I get it, but he sees that they have a potential to be very good, and he's encouraged by that, and he believes that he can and his staff can fix it. So I, I'm I'm on board with it. You know, like I said in my in my call, I I, I believe in it, and I think that they can. Uh, I think they can fix it, and I believe they will. Also, Scott, now look ahead to Louisville. They're three and zero. Beat Indiana twenty-one to fourteen last year. Just, I know it's early in the week, but just your thoughts and then what this game means on the road. I think first road game for BC uh, to go to Louisville. Yeah, always a challenge to play on the road. Always a challenge to play a league game on the road. Always a challenge to have your first uh, game on the road. So all those those factors come in. Um, as you can see, you know the the odds are. With being 11-point underdogs on the road, they're they're not buying much into the Florida State performance um, for the Eagles. Uh, but it's a good opportunity for them to 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 build on the momentum of Florida State, and it's going to be a good chance. Jeff Brom's a very good coach, you know, obviously coaching his alma mater, left Purdue, where he was, you know, putting together a pretty solid team. So uh, it's going to be a great challenge for them. Purdue, uh, excuse me, Louisville's a good team. It's a it's a good environment to play in. So. I'm anxious to see how the Eagles respond on the road and build build on what they did uh, versus Florida State. All right, Scott, and just to wrap it up, it was great to see you at the tail the airfield tailgate on Saturday. And uh, what was your what were you having there for breakfast? And how did the whole day go in the food scene with for you? Well, pregame, you know, I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing, so I'm not allowed to eat uh, <laughs> for pockets of the day, right? Because when you get old and you get you know, a little floppy. You gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get yourself back in between the white lines. So um, I, I really only ate in the press box. <laughs> so that was good. Had some, uh, some little barbecue there with some green beans, which was very nice. Uh, but the you know, good the, discipline you know, by you. They it, yeah, they brought it inside because of the threat of rain um, and the, the the worry about that, which was nice. So it was inside the call center there, which was good to see some people pregame. And to chat with them, but no real, no real consumption for me before uh, before halftime. And then what we got going on? Louisville is always a fun little city. Um, that should be fun this weekend. What's your plan? Travel plans for that? Uh, without a doubt, I, we've made it a point of going to this place. I believe it's called Earl's, where they have bourbon bacon on a stick, uh, 
Ronan and Meter are very, very big fans of it. So uh, maybe we'll head there. Got some good barbecue and some good fried chicken. It's right by the Yum Center. So maybe we'll head there uh, where we've gone the last couple times. Uh, I'm guessing we will, but, you know, you never know. Sometimes you just got to – you got to branch out a little bit and do some of the uh, the things that you're you're not familiar with. As long as I can keep meter out of the chain restaurants, which is my goal, I like to go to the local places. Uh, it'll be a it'll be pretty good. There you go, there you go. Scott Butrin, go with the flow. Right, you got some good food, and then maybe you know there's always good bourbon there, so it's always nice to uh, you know have a, a local uh, local bourbon there as well. There you go, I love it, love it. All right, three thirty Eastern. Uh, WEI, Learfield Radio Network. We'll hear you on the call. Good luck, Scott. Let's keep up the momentum here. Get some, get that ACCW. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks a lot. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.